Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pitards Podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart psychops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenya the podcast. And I'm the magically undefeated Miss Mo, master of spoilers and lover of nobos. And this is the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. We talk about TV pilots. Yep. Uh, disclaimer, a word in the title, petard is a word. It's a real word. And petards are bombs of the French variety. Uh, look it up and read some Shakespeare. I'm not going to tell you which play. You go find it. Uh, Palatin Petards is a proud member of the Bawaii podcast community. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Public Libraries, for this ad-free listening. Yep, and here's a real quick fuck you to Crooked Media for your crooked piece of shit ads. And um, we're, we're keeping things brisk this episode, so fuck you, Bill Maher. You know what you did. Contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free entertainment, you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads. We could create sob stories as to why we need your hard-earned money, but we don't. Repay your debt by leaving us an iTunes review and or rating, or tell someone else about our podcast, or listen to more episodes. Join us as we cast judgment and determine if the strange but intriguing Netflix show, Russian Doll, will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. This is the spoiler-free mini-sode. Watch the pilot for Russian Doll if it's unhoisted, and then join us in a couple days for the extended discussion. And you can go to our Facebook group or our website to continue or join in on any or all the conversations. We want to interact. We want that type of community, or at least I do. I do too. Don't assume. Mo, Mo doesn't care, but Drew and I. Mo doesn't care. <laughs> hey, I like building community. All right, so Mo does care. <clears throat> I do care. We got her. Background. This is a fairly new Netflix show, so we all probably saw the ads for it, or at least the, the pop-ups for it. Shrek Breath told me it was worth watching. So our loyal listener, Shrek, Shrek Breath, was, I think, <laughs> the first person to tell me to watch this show. Thank you, Shrek Breath. Uh, Shrek Breath called me after the sex education episode for all that hot, hot Fafoka. Shrek Breath, take it to the boards, man. I'd like to know, you know, what's going on in the Fafoka train. Got on his throne, Shrek Breath. Got on his throne. <laughs> I was just going to add a little bit of background, which I think we'll come back to later. This is a show created, directed, and mostly produced by women. And we have female leads. And so this Amy Poehler. is, is mm-hmm. a great representation of of television and film that women produce. Even compared to some of the le- legendary women shows like Golden Girls, I think they had maybe one woman direct one episode out of like a hundred and something episodes and even more modern shows like 30 rock and Gilmore girls and even the marvelous miss Maisel they're created by women. They do have women directors, but they're still mostly produced by men. Whereas where Russian dolls, there's only for the first season, there's only five male producers out of 16. As far as I, I could tell doing like a half an hour research, this is maybe unheard of as far as a fairly big time, film production that's that's all women like female dominant at least yes like in every like in every category jumping to my high points there jimbo but all right oh sorry it's background man and so since i'm talking and and still in all drew's thunder two sentence summary nadia's 36 and her friends are throwing her a wild birthday party 
The main conflict is the first twist in the series, so stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. And as Drew mentioned, we're going to do, this is our mini-sode where we stay spoiler-free, so we're going to talk about why we think you should or shouldn't watch this without giving those major spoilers. Join us in a couple days, and we will let the spoilers flow like wine. So yeah, if we're jumping into high points, um, Jimbo and Mo already mentioned it, but I really noticed during the credits that, yeah, you know, there were um, a male producer here and there, but like what I really noticed was um, executive producer, story by, developed by, starring, and I kept seeing the same uh, three names. Like I kept seeing Amy Poehler's name. I kept seeing Natasha Lyonne names. Um, she's the main actress. And then I can't remember the last name of the person, but Leslie... She was one of the writers, the producers, and the director yeah, um, of the first episode. And so I was very intrigued right off the bat to be like, you know, how is this show going to be different than some of the other things we've watched with so many really prominent female voices and important female voices? And this show was different. You know, it was very intriguing. And I think the many female voices of the show contributed to the many different types of female characters that we saw. Yeah, I, I can piggyback off of that. And I think the the main difference that I saw in viewing this, and it's my MVP, is the dialogue. The dialogue in this show, especially around the main character, is excellent. I think anyone that's interested in writing or, or even literature, like really an- analyzing the literature, look at this dialogue. It is excellent as far as it's interesting, it's quick, it's witty. And so I think these female writers did it did just a phenomenal job of creating some really awesome dialogue. I agree. Even it, it, it was in the minutia too, like the dialogue in just the transitions of people, characters passing and going from each other were was such a smooth, but clever way. And also it just felt so real. And that's why this show was able to feel real when it was kind of magical too. And I think that dialogue really carried it through. And Natasha is just really great at is it Natasha is or Nadia is her character name but her real name's Natasha yes she's just so great at that fast talking introspective don't give a fuck I I agree Jimbo I noticed it in every little piece it, like even the minutia of it the the words were so carefully selected and perfect for the for the transition and she's and she's a definite high high point. We've we've also talked about facial acting or in in Drew. I mean, you had to have seen that. Like she was doing so much nonverbal acting. Well, I was going to point that out because like even the way we're introduced to the character, like her nonverbal acting, her facial cues, her reactions in the very first scene before her first line of dialogue, you kind of already know her as a character, and you kind of already think she's a badass. You know, just from like the first shot and then yeah like the show is just like her hair is so gorgeous and just amazing <laughs> i love hair. her hair she knows yeah, exactly I mean, how I, to do I it i think it's cool i wouldn't call it gorgeous i i, I think it's more like the Aww. i like the i don't give a fuck hair i love oh. her hair i think she I knows exactly how it how it works for her and she makes it work i think she's extremely well put together i think whoever the costume designer is I think that, like, we're supposed to think this is a very confident person who's a little bit neurotic. When you say costume design, I one of my high points was just the set design. If you don't get tired of looking at all the characters and exploring who's at this party. And it's just such a typical New York hipster party. Like, oh, let me get out my projector that I designed myself. 
a mo. These are like the coolest people I've ever heard of. And I was going to ask you if you've ever been to those parties. Like everyone in New York is like a graphic designer or a writer or an editor or fr- and they all freelance. Like when she talked about freelancing, I'm just like, God, that's so New York. Like that's why all these people can do cocaine until 5 a.m. and then sleep all day and then they can freelance at night and then at the bar. Like I saw people doing work at the bar while drinking beer. Yeah, that's bullshit. Those people <laughs> are waitresses and bartenders. They work for like one hour a week. Freelancing freelance. doesn't always pay, but I also knew people that pay, got paid pretty well. But in general, just the whole aesthetic and the whole vibe of that party. Like, oh, I designed the door and she created it. Like, that's so – it's just funny because it, it's just – it felt right on the head. And I was just reading about the, the actress herself and she is from New York and she just epitomizes New York. There's uh, this thing back back to her body language. She she shrugs her shoulders in the <laughs> mirror. And it's just like so cool. That, like every time I see I see myself when I wash my hands in the mirror, I just kind of give give myself a little shrug like her. <laughs> and it just feels cool to do it. So hoisters, watch it just for that. Watch right. her to do her shoulder shrug. It's in the first like 15 seconds. She's just she's just badass. Low points. Low point for me, if you've watched Orange is the New Black, her character in Orange is the New Black is very similar to this character. That's what I was wondering and afraid of. Yeah, it's like, oh, Nikki got out of jail and now she's a software engineer. Like, it kind of felt like that. I mean, it's different. They're, I'm sure, like, their backstories are different and whatever. The attitude and the fast talking in the New York, like, you know, fuck you to anybody. Um, it felt similar. That's a little bit her range, though, because remember, she was an American Pie and she was that. Oh, that she was an American Pie. Um, I mean, that might just be her range. And I mean, you know, like, there's call for that. Like, for neurotic, um, sarcastic, sardonic New York actresses. Had I watched Orange is the New Black, which I've never seen, I think that would have bugged me a bit as well. Because that's my problem with Michael C. Hall, is every time I see him, he's Dexter. And that's only cool if I'm watching Dexter. True. At least she wrote her... At least she wrote Yeah, her, and she's creating it. Yeah, so, like, at least she's not getting typecasted or, you know, like, the industry isn't doing this to her. Like, she's writing her own. Yeah, she's, like, typecasting herself, which is the (laughs) best typecast. Yeah, so at least she can do it herself and give it a twist where she wants to. But also she can highlight parts of herself, too. But that was probably, like, my only low point, to be honest. What about you guys? I didn't have a low point. Drew, Drew, do you still have a low point? Kind of, just because I don't really have... There's no, like, to me, there was no hook or cliffhanger, you know, like this show didn't necessarily make me need to see the second episode. I kind of didn't leave myself wanting more. It kind of was just like very, very interesting and very cool, but I wasn't really drawn to like, oh, like it's 1030. Should I watch another one of these? And it's short, you know, like this is like a 24 minute like show. It's, it's suffering from the one punch man effect, isn't it, Drew? yeah like is this a short film that's satisfying in and of itself or should i go on and like this was very satisfying which is like a hard thing to make a low point for a pilot but if you want me to watch more shows it's valid i kind of like the fact that you switched your low point a little bit but i but i but i can't agree i disagree with your opinion as far as i had the opposite feelings about it like i like i really wanted to watch that second episode i actually did 
I did. Oh. I wanted to too, but I didn't because I don't like to watch them before the view. But I completely get why someone would watch that first episode and be like, "I've seen enough." Like, like it's that's a completely valid point. Like, it's all there. You get the point. Just like in One Punch Man, you get the point. It's good. It's very good. But I mean, maybe that segues us to our next segment. Yeah, you know, let me add just one more high point. They get through the the first part. I think extremely efficiently to, to the point where I was like, is the show over? And I'm like, I actually paused it to check. I was like, I paused it. And I was like, Oh, it's like nine minutes and 36. I was like, damn, I still have 20 minutes left or 15 minutes left. So I think they definitely grab you right off the bat. I also did. We need a word for that. Cause like there's two versions of doing a time check. There's like, Oh, how much of this is left? And then there's also <laughs> like, what's going on now? Cause I remember I time checked you a couple times. You, the show, not you, either of my co hosts, confusing. God damn it. But like, I time checked that show a time or two because I was like, this has to be the end of the episode. And then there ended up being like three little segs. So sometimes it's a good time. Sometimes it's a good thing. Most times it's a bad thing. You can either check because you want to know if there's going to be resolution to what's exciting you, or you're just like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Westworld suffered from like the time check always. Like always. That's true. <laughs> it's like, am I gonna figure am I gonna find out what's going on by the end of this episode or do I have to watch the next one? And you're like, no, one minute forty nine seconds left. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck, I have to watch the next one now. Fifteen minutes? But like <laughs> What? What? Alright, Drew, take us to the next part. Alright, so this is relevant to my previous point is are we going to watch this show or are we going to rewatch it? Probably not going to rewatch, although Jimbo really liked that first episode. But are you guys going to watch this? I'm saying hell yes. In fact, I'm on episode five. Ooh. Ooh. I will say episode four was extremely disappointing, but I'm still intrigued. And if we want, we, we, we can briefly discuss that in the spoiler, the spoiler zone. My watch or rewatch is qualified because I'm saying probably not. But I do want someone to tell me what the deal is. I'm curious. I think you should go back and watch the first 10 minutes again of of, of the pilot. I'm open to that. Mo? I want to watch it. And I mean, if anything, just to support like, you know, women and their art. If anything. I've watched shittier things. Yeah. <laughs> for I've, sure. Everything I've watched recently <laughs> has been a lot shittier than this. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, and I like her, and I like the main character, even though she's just a repeat of herself. And I'll even disagree with Mo. You don't need to watch this because it's all women. You need to watch this because it's it's good and interesting. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, we are going to decide whether to hoist or not hoist this show. Again, hoisting is bad. You know, falling on your petard is not good. You'll explode, and your show is bad. Not hoisting is good. You avoided those, you know, those pesky petards. So um, I'll go first. I am not hoisting this show. It was very cool and intriguing. I as well am not hoisting. Yeah, I would say this is a strong hella not hoist. So by unanimous decision, the pilot episode, Russian Doll, the title, nothing in this world is easy, not hoisted. Are you excited to break from the episode one pilot? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, American shows, for titling. And now we're going to step into Mo's favorite part Ugh. of the podcast. Mo. The put it anywhere but there, guys. Quest for the best. And Mo and listeners, we have a running list. Go ahead and click on that. And you can see where <laughs> we are going to put 
Russian Doll in the list of best and worst pilot episodes ever. And at number one, we have End of the Effing World, available on Netflix. And at number soon to be 73, right now it's 72, but this show is better, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I liked it better than Barry. My my comment was that this is comparable to Barry, although I would say that this pilot has many more solid performances, whereas Barry kind of had like two-ish. So I, I do think it's better than Barry. Mo, where are you at? I... This list is out of fucking control. That's why. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I liked I liked this show more than Marvelous Miss Maisel. I would put it above Game of Thrones, but but I think I mean I feel I feel like Barry is is really comparable. Like I would say it's a little bit better than Barry. Mo, did you like this better than Marvelous Miss Maisel? If you're thinking about it that much, it's no. I guess not. I would put it in between this close and Barry. I'm fine with that. Let's do that. So the new number 19 is Russian Doll, Nothing in the World is Easy. This list. Mo, we'll let, we'll let you burn it to cinders in the last episode of the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean a little closer to Mo each week with this list, man. Every time I have to see Game of Thrones that high up the list makes me want to pee. Well, every time I have to see my name is Roll that high up the list. Oh, do, oh. have you even watched that pilot? <laughs> no. I don't think you have, no. Mo. Yeah. <laughs> see? taking personal shots at I people, I mean, the man. fact that End of the Fucking World is number one. No, that's an excellent pilot. Well, I would have never allowed that. Let's move on. Now we're going to give our recommendations. If you enjoyed today's episode, we have some recommendations that you might be interested in checking out. This is going to maybe be a spoiler, <laughs> but I'm recommending Groundhog Day, the film with Bill Murray. And there's also a article that I haven't read yet, but I'm interested in reading it, so I toss that in as well. It's from a philosophy website called Philosophy Now, and the title is Groundhog Day, and it's a philosophical anal- like review and analyst of the movie Groundhog Day. So those are my two. Okay, so this is a young, young, formidable Drew story. When he was like 11, 12, or 13, and he was trying to find porn, but this was like before the internet was a thing. There's this movie that was always on Showtime called But I'm a Cheerleader, and it was about lesbians, but it was a very young Natasha Lyonne um, as the cheerleader who gets sent to a Pray the Gay Away camp, and there's other very colorful characters. It's definitely pro-LGBTQ, and it's from the 90s, so go find it if you like this actress, and it, it does not have any like masturbatory scenes. Was this around the time the L word came out? Probably. Oh, what do you have for the listeners? I'm going to throw out there Orange is the New Black because I mentioned it earlier. Natasha Leone is in it. So this concludes the mini-sode for uh, Russian Doll. Join us in a few days for the extended discussion where we let the spoilers flow like wine. We will dive deeper into the stories and themes. Follow our blog, Twitter, or Facebook group. Check out Jake Drew, who produced our intro and outro music. Every day, we whistling pilots and petards out. Bye.